The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to Saints History, told and experienced the way God intended it, with excessive amounts of alcohol and cursing. The booze is probably bourbon because... Their alcohols are for rich women on diets. Now, here's your drunk Saints History host, who is... Bombed out of his gourd. All right, so you paid for it, so you get it. It's another episode of Saints Drunk History. This this episode, we have another special guest, uh, an old friend of mine from way back when, Scott Prather of 1420 uh, ESPN Radio in Lafayette. Go on the internet, and you can find his show. He's phenomenal. In your afternoons when you don't want to do work, me and Scott know each other because we used to work back uh, for Intercom in the days, the, the halcyon days of WWL Radio. Uh, Scott, thanks for giving us time tonight as we discuss the 2010 New Orleans Saints. And as you drink, Ralph, I, I mean, you're probably the only person <laughs> that remembers this. But but depending on how much you've drank, you might not. What was the first show that I was ever on and you were on it on occasion? I would have to call you as the producer of this show at yes. like, Six in the morning, and you'd wake up. You'd be like, "Who's this? Oh, you know, God, why are you calling?" I can't remember. Like, his, oh, fir- <laughs> his first name is Terry. He was on thirteen. That's right. That's his, right. His thirteen fifty, and he went to work for Ray Nagin when Ray Nagin got elected mayor. Yeah, but he I, was the mayor's spokesman. That was Terry Davis. Terry and the Davis. Show was New Orleans, New Orleans living, and I was just happy to be on the air. You know, I was like fresh out of college, and then the guy quit that was doing it before. So I was producing the show, and I do these sports updates, and then. Three months later, his show got canceled, and they took it off the air. But for three months, I would I would occasionally call Ralph yes. and wake him up, and he'd be like, "Wait, what did I agree to do?" Yeah, I'm oh like, yeah, that's right. I got to talk then, sports. And then, phenomenal. like, I remember, like, you were sick one time, or something, or you had a you had a and they made I had to produce it, and they're like, "You're doing the sports update." I'm like, "Doing the sports update yeah. on the air, like." For real? I'm like, do you do you want me to do that? And I did it. It was terrible. It's like it was like this without the cursing. So um I I I admit, like, I unabashedly love the 2010 Saints. And I know we'll get to the ending and the beast quake and all that horribleness, but I love the 2010 Saints because the 2010 Saints, Scott, is just like 2009 was magic, right? And this like the 2009 Saints delivered all our dreams and 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 everything we could ever fucking want, right? So like the all, I don't even think they had an off season 2000. I think it was like a two-week break. All we did was watch highlights and America's game. Until the season started, pretty much, yeah. Until the season, and the season started, and we were off and running. But it was magical because, like, there was nothing in 2010 that could like de- ruin 2009. Like, they could have gone like five and eleven. You'd be like, I don't give a fuck. They won the Super Bowl. It's all good. I got the T-shirt. I got them. I spent like four hundred dollars. I got. I'm drinking. I'm drinking scotch. I mean, uh, bourbon. I'm drinking Elijah Craig bourbon out of Saints World Championship tumblers. Hell yeah! I've got. I'm drinking uh, Sapporo beer right now. That's in a 
a cooler, like a koozie, a bottle koozie, and it's a Saints one from 2009 Super Bowl champs. I figured I would do it for this occasion. And uh, you're right, man, that 2010, the the anticipation of the kickoff, you know, the Thursday night opener, it was it was awesome, but it was more of like that Super Bowl glow, like you were saying. You were still just like, oh, yeah, Saints are hosting the kickoff for the whole season because Super Bowl champs. Like, the game, the game was – as much as we had watched on replay and NFL films, the win over the Vikings in the NFC Championship game and Favre's coming back, you know, that game, the buildup of breaking it down, it wasn't your typical let's break down a Saints opener. It was no. let's just freaking party, party see, and blow it out. I want to see the banner fucking drop, baby. That's what I'm here to see, you know? Like, Hell yeah. That's what no, it was. It was, it was uh, 20, you know, until – you were telling me about it. I don't know that I ever appreciated 2010 as much as I could oh, because I, love I mean, I like love the Super Bowl glow is still. Ralph, you know this. It's still there for some Dude, people. The same, same three straight same, seven and nine season, and it's like shit. How you know you, this is this is below mediocrity. If you go, yeah, but I mean, the Super Bowl. I was like yeah, that was, was a long time ago. 2009. I was I wasn't even married, and I didn't even own a house. That's how long ago it was. So, like, yeah. here's the ne- thing. Neither was I. We didn't have kids either, <laughs> yeah. so things have changed. I had somebody on Twitter. They were like, you know how long 2009 was was ago? My kid was just born. Now he's doing fucking long division. That's how long ago 2009 <laughs> is. I was like, that's a good point, man. So um, so it was it was just phenomenal. It was just like this glow. And here's the thing. Like, you go into the, to the year and – the opening game, like, they dropped the banner, and the Saints, you know, in, in 2009, their offense just kicked ass. They could run the ball. They did whatever they wanted. They got, created a ton of turnovers. The opening game, they beat Minnesota, like, 14-9. to And it was like – it wasn't like cold water, but it was like a realization that, like, in no sport, not f- – maybe basketball, but in baseball and, and football and college football, you don't pick up where you left off the year before. Like, it's just completely fucking different. And that's what it was with the Saints. Like, they scored 14 points. They couldn't really run the ball. Uh, but their defense was really good. And they held Minnesota to 253 yards. They got a bunch of turnovers. But it was like, it was kind of like a thing where, like, 2009, like, it's still, 2010, it's going to be fun. You're going to love it. But, like, the actual team and how they play is going to be completely different. There was there wasn't any points in the fourth quarter of that game. So the Saints, you know, opening drive down the field, Devery Henderson, twenty nine yard touchdown from Drew Brees, and that that Super Bowl glow. You're is like, fuck, we're winning well. the next five yeah, Super Bowls, baby. We're never gonna we're never gonna lose again. No. And then the game slowed down, and at that point, no one knew that Brett Farr was gonna actually play like a forty one year old. You know, everyone was still hung up on his season before. And then Dude, he was as that cooked. season went on, he you realized that the Vikings weren't that good. And no. yeah, that, that game wasn't really like like aesthetically, it's not a game you'd go back and be like, Man, I want to go watch the highlights no. of that. It really was an ugly game. It was, but it was hell, the Saints were Super Bowl champs and they won. So we yeah. just kinda took it and said, Hey, it was a beautiful thing. So, you know, and when they win and, and they had the draft that year and you know they they had and, uh, they picked uh, Patrick Robertson right and and corner that's right and Jimmy Graham who was a tight end but he wasn't he wasn't really playing yet but we'll get into him he features kind of weirdly big in this season if if people don't remember so they go to San Francisco and and it's a Monday night game so it's fun and it's a road game and this might actually be the one of the last road 
Monday night games that the Saints have won, I think. Um, but they beat they, they beat San Francisco 25-22. Garrett Hartley kind of struggles, but the Saints are like they're kind of cruising in this game. It's like it's like uh it's like 16 to 7 and it and, and it's fine and then it's like uh 20 then it's like 22 cuz they they it's like 22 to to 14 you're like they're cruising and then all of a sudden you're like oh fuck this game is how did this game get t-? This is it we've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge <sighs> Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my look at that he is and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Odd. And that started the theme of 2010 where like the Saints would like pull these close games out of their ass. Yeah, that is maybe my favorite win of that whole season. <laughs> wow. Because it's it's Monday night, it's on the road, but it's the Niners. And all the history, yep. right? For any long-time Saints fans, I, I remember after that game being like, that's what it felt like for the Niners all those years. Back in the, you know, the Dome, late 80s, early Eat 90s. It, Niners. had these great teams, yeah. and they could outplay the Niners from like almost start to finish and they would pull games out of their ass and they would always find a way and the saints would make a little mistake here, a little mistake there. And it would just, it would, it would, Oh, we get under my skin. I just freaking hated them. Yeah. And here are the saints. Now they're the defending champs. They're at candlestick, not a place they were historically very good. Dump. And it's the Niners making the mistakes. It's the, it's the saints just taking the last drive down the field and Hartley kicking this, just fish of I mean it was such yeah. a he was so lucky it didn't get blocked it was this ugly kick that kind of it it almost looked like a knuckleball but it just it went through the uprights and the Saints got out of there you know by the skin of their teeth yeah. and it's, suddenly they're two and zero and it's like that felt like the way the Niners used to beat the Saints back in the day when they were looked at as a top dog and they just find a way it, you know drive Saints fans nuts because you'd be like shit we we were better but nobody remembered that yeah. they just remembered hey look he lost to the Niners. Here, this this drive when they it's tied twenty two apiece with a minute nineteen, I'm gonna read the play by play. It's like straight. It's like it, it encapsulates like the golden era of Saints football. Uh, you know, first play, uh, Pierre Thomas for eight yards. Pierre Thomas for fourteen yards. Timeout. Uh, Drew Brees to Colston incomplete. Drew Brees deep to Colston for thirty. Spikes ball hits Jeremy Shockey for for four yards. 
Uh, timeout number three, false start Charles Brown because he was terrible even then. And Garrett oh. Hartley kicks a 37-yard thirty-seven yard field goal. Everybody in San Francisco drives home pissed off. You know, but it's like the golden Tell age. Tell me like that, that doesn't. Pearson, yeah. Pierre Thomas, it's like the golden age, man. Tell me that doesn't sound exactly like a play-by-play of a game the Niners would have pulled off against the Saints no, it just would have back been, in the late 80s, early 90s. Like when the Saints were good. I mean, yeah. there were times. It would been, it'd been like Steve, it'd been like Steve Young to Ricky Waters, Steve Young to Ricky Waters, Steve Young to Rice, Steve Young to Taylor, Mike Kofer kicks field goal, Saints get their heart ripped out. Boom. That's it. I mean, it was, and so it felt so good. It did it to just and just and they're two and zero. Oh, you feel like it's one of those. They, I like to call them the medicine season, right? A team that's not used to, to to that level of success wins it all. They typically have a medicine season. My friend Kevin Foote says that, and so you're almost expecting them to take this step back. And in some ways, they did, but but Ralph, maybe not as much as as people remember because they won so many games like that one in 2010 that win over the Niners yeah. it really was like a paradigm for so many of the wild wins yeah. they would get that year it's it's maybe my favorite win well no look they I gotta be they won and they uh, went and won at the Georgia Dome I mean anytime they, you beat the Falcons some, on national TV I don't know I love there's so many good wins in 2010 we're gonna get to because we're going through it game by game because we're drunk I'm drunk That's so they, then yeah, they right, go to play it. Atlanta uh, and and it's a it's a so, Sunday afternoon game, and this game kind of like swung the whole year, and it started to like not that like you thought it was a crisis, but looking back at it, you were like, oh yeah, Hartley wasn't that consistent. And they played Atlanta, and it was that game was just great. Like Atlanta was fired up. Atlanta was like, we have to beat the fucking Saints and retake the division. Blah blah blah. So that game was just. Uh, as far as like you talked about not wanting to watch a football game, the Viking game, you want to watch this Saints Atlanta game, except that the Saints lose in heartbreaking fashion. But that just for a phenomenal game, I mean, Lance Moore had an eighty-yard touchdown. He, had he was another, unbelievable. He had another sixty. Yeah, he had a huge punt return too in that yeah. game where I think he, he brought it down deep into their territory. Yep, yep. and he caught a sixteen-yard touchdown. So this it's this Garrett Hartley kicks the thirty-two-yarder with like four seconds left to tie the game but then in overtime he shanks like a makeable one uh, 29 yards 29, 29 yards 29 I was yards. right there sitting in the <laughs> freaking end zone and this jabroni comes out and just shanks it and i it, there's that there's that great shot where you know tom benson god bless him no, he's sitting a, up there with gail and yeah. he stands up and he starts cheering like oh that we was did two, it. i think that and was somebody two, tells him no, no he missed it. I think that was 2009 versus Tampa. But the same thing. The weird thing with Hartley is, like, if that kick would have been from 49, like, it would have been money. Like, Hartley yeah. from, like, 45 out was money. And it didn't matter. Like, in the Super Bowl, you can make an argument Hartley's MVP. I, I'm and, and people laugh at me, but he kicked three 40-plus-year field goals, and all of them felt like they were Nailed gigantic, him. you know? And, he, but, he was like he was he was great in in so he didn't like 2009 Ralph he didn't play until the win over Washington yeah he was suspended for four games and then Peyton you know I mean part of him felt bad Carney by cutting played, Carney, Carney and another part of him just he didn't trust him yet so he had to keep Carney there and keep him kicking yeah but uh, in 2010 man Hartley this was kind of the beginning of of the the up and down yeah. uh, wreck that he would be and as you said. Ah, I mean, first of all, I don't care what season it is with the Rick. You lose to Atlanta in overtime oh, with a Matt Bryant field goal. Forty-six it, yards. You just you feel like shit. It's it's the worst. 
Yeah. But having Hartley just shank a 29-yarder when you could have gone up 3-0, uh, 3-0, and, and in the end, the way the whole season shakes out, he makes that field goal. Granted, you know, look, if he makes it and they win, maybe their mindset's different and they lose a game they would have won or vice versa. But just looking at how it would have affected the standings the rest of the year, the Saints aren't on the road playing a 7-9 to team. They're at home with a bye, and they're the one seed in the NFC if he just makes that kick, but he yeah. doesn't. And then uh, Hartley, I want to say he got he got injured and was out for the year, right? Like he, something happened to him because because the next week they play Carolina and Carney comes in and saves him, or maybe they just you know I, I want to say well I, I know so he missed I know I remember he missed all of 2011. That's when they had in John Casey, but um, I don't. I mean, look, Garrett. Whether it be, I mean, one time he missed four games because he was suspended because he took Adderall for what he said he was, you know, he was driving. No, Gar- uh, from Gar- that, that was that was oh nine. No, Garrett Hartley he played in fourteen games, did. but Carney played in two games. I don't, I don't like. Maybe I'm I'm really drunk, but I can't I I can't remember. But Carney like played like two games in that year for randomly, and Carney like saved them the next week in Carolina as. Carolina was. I think honestly, Ralph. I think they just signed Carney in response to that, yeah. and then they made him an inactive for the next two games because Peyton no, was Carney, so. Yeah. He was so just. But Carney they, made they the kick. His, the next week, Carney made the two kicks to beat Carolina, who was fucking dread. Was fucking dreadful. What's that? I think. I think he. Uh, I think he. So he kept. He kept two kickers yeah. until a bunch of injuries kept mounting up at yeah. other positions, and then he decided to cut Hartley. Because and then he later signed a contract extension that yeah. made him the highest paid kicker in the game at the time, which is freaking nuts. And then he missed all the next season. I mean, that, that Garrett Hart, you could if Garrett Hartley writes a book, I'm reading it. Yeah, Garrett. Every time the Saints need a kicker, we're like, call Garrett Hartley on the duck line. Uh, so, so he's they, on YouTube. Yeah. Gators. So so they they beat Carolina sixteen fourteen, and um. They're three and one, and you're like, cool, this is it's fine. We're going, we're going twelve and four, thirteen. Then they go to Arizona and get, and just get curb stomped by like an Arizona team that, like, like when I tell you, Max Hall, yeah, Max Hall, right? Max Hall, that's the quarterback, Max Hall, <laughs> who I don't think like just that's unbelievable. But the, like this is where like the craziness started with the Saints because like Liddell Betts was getting ten carries in that game, which is insane. And Chris Ivory and the running back injuries started to mount. You know, like Reggie was hurt and Pierre was hurt, and and that's when the the, the running back injuries started to mount. So the Saints go um, three and two, but then they play. They go to Tampa and they pistol whip Tampa because Tampa's you know the Saints always seem to do really well in Tampa, right? Um, you know, it was probably their most dominant. It, 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 you know, I know they had a win against St. Louis in the Dome later that year against uh, you know rookie Sam Bradford, but I think that win against Tampa was their most dominant performance of the season. Like, it was thirty-one to six. It could have been fifty to nothing. Chris Ivory, fifteen rushes for hundred and fifty-eight. Chris Ivory was so fun, dude. He had no. He just trucked when when Chris Ivory got going. He was so fun. Like he would just the most him. violent runner in Saints history. Was, I mean, can we give him that label? Yeah, he was violent. Like, like when you saw him, you're like, yeah, he's not gonna be, he's not gonna be lasting more than like three years because that dude just he, like some people look for contact and if they have to do it, they do it. Some people get out of bounds to to preserve themselves, and some people are like, oh, I'm gonna truck this dude. And Chris Ivory was that guy. Like Chris Ivory, he trucked people and he liked to truck people, and it was. 
incredibly enjoyable. And you're like, so you like their four and two? This is great. And then they played Cleveland. And, no. and that that Col- that Col- damn McCoy. game. So Ralph, I, Scott, Chan, my, I was at that my, game. Oh. I was as well. I was as well. And and what was the the um, it was David Bowens. You know this old D tackle. Oh. God. who had been a pro bowler with the Dolphins in a previous life, it felt Tim like. Tim and the Bowen, dude yeah. gets two the dude gets two pick sixes against Drew Brees in that game, didn't he? I mean see. it was David Bowen. No, you're my, right. Um, David Bowen's thirty yard interception David Bowen's, return. Yeah. David Bowen's sixty four yard interception return. How the fuck does that happen? How does He's that like happen? a three hundred pound guy in his thirties. It was such a bad game and, and part of me, that oh nine season was uh, the first year I was married and so my wife was going to these games and she's like, this is fun, you know? And I'm like, well, yeah, this is, you have no idea all the things that happened before this. And so in 2010, we get, you know, a few extra tickets to the game. So we bring my in-laws, we bring her sister and her husband who's a good friend of mine. And they really haven't been to a Saints game before. And so remembering the way the dome was rocking so much, you know, in, in, in 09 and, and, you know, in 2011 and most of 2010, they go to this game and the dome is like you just got that feeling when you walked in that day. You were like, "This, this something's wrong. Like yeah. Colt, something me, bad is about is, to happen." This is horrible. Colt McCoy nine of sixteen for seventy four yards, and they yep. But, winning but, quarterback. Drew Brees was terrible that game. He threw four picks. He threw for three fifty six. Threw threw the ball fifty six times. Um, so then you're like, oh man! But then they come back on a Monday, uh, on a on a Sunday night game. It's thanks. It's uh, no, it's Halloween. Halloween. Halloween against yep. against, Pitt, against Pittsburgh. They beat up the Steelers. It's twenty to ten. You're like, it's fine. And and the thing was that defense was the offense was as far as a Sean Payton offense was one of the worst ones. They were like eleventh in points scored. That defense was. Good. Now, I know they played a lot of crappy quarterbacks, but they were fourth in in freaking defense, and they beat people up. They sacked Roethlisberger three times. They got an interception. Like, that defense was – it was like the last – it was like the the last gasp of good Vilma before his knees gave out, and they had a lot of good person. I mean, that, that defense had a lot of good personnel, and it was it was good. I wouldn't say the defense – I wouldn't say the defense carried them, but as far as like being consistent, because the 2009 defense it wasn't good. It just um, forced a hell of a lot of turnovers. It just got a lot of turnovers, but that doesn't make them good. That defense had a bunch of guys. They had like set, and that's here's the weird thing about that team is Cedric Ellis might have been the best defender on that team. Like he was 25. And he had six sacks, and 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 he was like a draft pick where you like, they drafted him in 08. You're like, he's coming. He was really good last year. 2010, he was really good, and you're like, Cedric Ellis is gonna be the cornerstone of this defense. Like, he is going to be a Pro Bowl defensive tackle. And after 2010, he fell off a fucking cliff, Scott. Which is he, he just didn't he didn't care. He, yeah, he, it was I weird though. Care. Like he he had no work ethic. Whatsoever, like zilts. When I tell you the amount of reporters and people that knew Cedric Ellis said, this guy has so much God given talent. And like his, look, he came from a good family. His parents, they, you know, they really, it wasn't like he, his situation was he did not want to put in the work. He liked to party hard. Yeah. He liked to eat the New Orleans cuisine and he didn't like to work hard and practice. And so 
you know, whenever you've got that God-given talent, you're in your mid-20s and it's working, and suddenly, you know, it starts going away. If he had the work ethic, he could still be, he maybe still be playing today, but at the very least, he would have gotten a much bigger second contract. He got and no he second a guy contract. That Saints fan. No, yeah, I mean, I think he, he signed with the Bears and he ended up not even, you know, showing up. Yeah. And if he, if he puts a little bit of effort in, Saints fans remember him totally different. Like, he, nobody remembers the 2010 Cedric Ellis. They remember the guy that just fizzled out and never lived up to the he was because so, he didn't. He could have been so good. He <laughs> In 2010, he was phenomenal. Like, he – in 2010, he was what Nick Fairley was last year, but he was 25. And you were like, that dude, he's the guy. We finally hit a home run on a defensive draft pick. I remember that specific. I, I think I even wrote a fucking column on it in WWL. But he ended up peeing out. But they beat Pittsburgh for five and three. Then they just, like you said, they housed Carolina because Carolina that year was just awful. Like, Carolina was just awful that year. Um, you know, um, and then, like you say, um, that was their win streak, right? The, the, the Pittsburgh began the six-game win streak. Yeah. You, had, you had Carolina, you you you, know, you dominate them. But I mean, look, Carolina started Jimmy Clausen in that game. So <laughs> hey man, uh, hey man, it was it was the when the one. Saints hold the team without a touchdown in the Sean Payton era, we celebrate it. They're one and seven and on their way to getting uh to getting um Cam Newton, but Jimmy Clausen eight of eighteen. Uh, they brought in Tony Pike, who I don't, I don't even remember who the fuck that was. Who? They played three. They Tony played, Pike. They played three quarterbacks. They played Clawson, Pike, and Matt Moore. I remember Matt Moore because he started a playoff game for the Dolphins. That's my wife's team in the in the playoffs this past year. So I don't know who Matt Moore was, but like Tony, like Tony Pike. I have like some of these people. You're like, oh yeah, I remember him. Like like, uh, but he uh, Tony Pike. I I have no fucking clue who that was. But the Saints just like, you know, I mean. Carolina, they didn't even have a hundred yards passing. I mean, can you? I like. I mean, that's that's incredible. They had sixty-eight net total yards passing. They had the Saints sacked them four times. They had one hundred ninety-five total yards. Like, that's crazy. And you know, at the time, I remember thinking it's like, man, the Saints. You're like, the Saints' offense is gonna fall in place. Maybe they'll get some running backs back. We're gonna win it again. And then they had the bye week, and then they play Seattle, and they, you know, they beat Seattle thirty-four to nineteen, and uh, the NFC West was terrible. Um, so you're like, whatever, um, you know? They, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, you weren't thinking in your mind, we're going to face them again. It's no, not going to go well. And then you're thinking, uh, then they, to me, it was my two, fa- probably my two favorite wins of the year. They played Dallas on Thanksgiving, and the Saints. I, that I, I, was beautiful. They, they never play. I can't remember in my lifetime the Saints ever playing on Thanksgiving. So I was pumped. Like I'm I like, think that's the, that's the only. Yeah, I mean, I can't either. I think that's the only one. Honestly, that's the so, only time they've ever played on Thanksgiving. So I was and, like. Yeah, so I was like, "This is awesome. We're playing on Thanksgiving. We're gonna beat that. This is phenomenal." And that game was bananas. You know, um, it was it was back and forth. Like the Cowboys had fired um, F- Wade Phillips, and um, uh, Jason Garrett was the like the interim coach. You know, and the Saints. It got weird because the Saints like got up. It was you know Chris Ivory. Oh, scored. seventeen nothing after yeah, the first quarter. I mean, Breeze gets him. 
Breeze gets him down in the red zone two times. Ivory gets like two touchdowns from close in. And they're just – and the last time they had played in Dallas prior to that – It was 06. Uh, well, I, don't, I don't remember the last time. It was yeah, the last time they played in Dallas. And so you just start having these flashbacks of just, oh, my God, they just dominate when they play the Cowboys. It's this great feeling. And, <laughs> you know – Halftime rolls around and suddenly, all right, like it's Miles, 20 to six. And, Miles Austin, blast yeah. from the past. Hit, Boom. You know. Before, by the time you get to the fourth quarter, Ralph, the Cowboys are up. I yeah. mean, it's, it's 27 23. And they have the uh, ball. Or, or, they have the ball. Yeah. It, and they're running out the clock. You know? Roy Williams. Malcolm, Roy Williams. Oh. Malcolm Jenkins makes <laughs> the. the the jank pump where he strips them, gets the ball, the Saints get the ball back, and uh, they drive down. And they, and they go down the field, man. They go Not down the like, field. Like what? I mean, it's one minute, Ralph. Like one minute, five plays. Yeah, it's like boom, boom, 89 boom. 89 yards. And, and and there's all these Saints fans in Dallas, too. It's yeah. like you can hear them. And, and, they, and, and Fox is showing all these shots of these Cowboys fans just so distraught. And, like, I had, I've never been happier. I've never been more thankful yeah. on Thanksgiving in and, my life. And I remember and, it was so fun. And, like, I – I, uh, I uh, I had come in in 2010. I fly, you know. We we go. Me and my my wife. We go in uh, to New Orleans, and my brother always hosts Thanksgiving with his husband. And they and like my brother's just a phenomenal cook, and he cooks and and it's just John. It's all family. It's just I love it. It's fun, and uh, all the relatives are there, and all the old relatives that are like 60 and 70 years old, and, and the Saints are blowing it, and they're down 27, 23, and they got the ball. They're like, oh, it's the same old Saints. They're gonna fucking choke. Oh, I can't yeah. And I turned to oh, one yeah. of them and I said, what do you mean the same old Saints? We're the world fucking champion Saints. We are going down this in this game, and we are fucking winning because we are the fucking world champions. And everybody laughed at me because I was I was drunk at the time. But they did it, and I was like, there you go. That's what champions do. That's what champions do. And it was just it was just the best, Scott. It's just, like, it's happy, just thanks, a, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I love every year. On Thanksgiving, you know, I, I have a few people I know that are Cowboys fans, and I'll always text them the picture. There's this great shot of just Malcolm Jenkins stripping Roy Williams. And, <laughs> you know, it got to a point where they were like, after year three, they're like, all right, this is kind of old. Or, you know, and then after year four, oh, well, you know, this, this is old news. The Cowboys are this now. And I don't care because I know it bothers them. And I always send it to them. And it's, I mean, if Roy Williams just goes down, Right, they they win, they win the game, yeah. and he decides he decides he wants to try to score. I mean, talk about it. They give up a first rounder for that dude, and talk about a disappointment. So Cowboys fans already didn't like <laughs> the guy so to good. begin with because he never lived up to these lofty expectations. Ah. And you know, he was he was he was you know notorious. He was known to be lazy at times and a little overweight. So he's running, and here's Malcolm Jenkins, the second year guy who's played corner and safety. And I will say this. Takes the ball from him, and you're thinking it's another one of those games, Raph, where you as soon as as soon as they stripped him, you knew it was over. Yeah, like here's the, thing. the Saints are winning. Here's the Saints the are winning. Here's the thing I'll say about Michael Jenkins: he never was as good with the Saints as he was with Philly, and I'll give him that. Probably the Saints just couldn't get it out of him, whatever. But I will always say this for Malcolm Jenkins: that dude always played hard a hundred percent of the time. Like you can, I can think of the, the the play in Dallas, a play in Tampa where he chased a dude down and ended up the Saints ended up getting a turnover. Like that dude always played hard, and it was he was frustrating because you felt like he should have been better with the Saints. But Saints players that play hard 
and don't shy from the media. I like them. Like Jason David, fans hate him. I always liked him because even when he had a he shit, he faced game, the music. He faced the music, and, and he I'm was like, terrible. He was terrible, but he faced. The yeah, music. and he I didn't was, put a hoodie on. No, he, he didn't try to hide his face. No, and he, I was, I respect it. I respect it. I, I, you know, and I always respected Michael Jordan. You know, so so they beat Dallas, and then they go to Cincinnati, which. If the Dallas game Beautiful. was crazy, the Cincinnati game was just as bonkers. Like, you know, the Saints, again... I think they, it's the coldest game. Uh, it's, it, I believe, I could be wrong. If it's not, it's like second. You talk about the coldest games the Saints have won. 32 degrees, in franchise wind chill, 23. History. Wind chill, 23 degrees. Yeah, that, that's... That's that's one of them, man. That's one of them. And yeah, but this, imagine trying to tackle Chris Ivory it, in, in 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 thirty two degree weather. Yeah, and and the thing is, it's like the Dallas. It's like a replay of the Dallas game. The Saints get up twenty to six, and they're favored by ten. And they're favored by seven. Cincinnati's, you know, three and nine or whatever the fuck they were. And you're like, uh, this is another game. The Saints are going to coast, but they don't. Chris Ivory, another game, 15, 117 and two touchdowns. Like, Chris I, Chris Ivory, like, he's not in the Saints Hall of Fame. He can't be in the Saints Hall of Fame. But if there's, like, a, a fun player Saints Hall of Fame, like, he trucked a dude um, He uh, on his – he trucked a dude on a 55-yard touchdown run to make it 10-3. It's, just, oh, yeah. it's like, I, I love Chris. If, like, he, if, 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 if Bush and, and more or less Pierre Thomas, and we can get more into Pierre later because – there was also that weird backstory of Sean Payton calling him out through the media and uh, was, and and wanting we'll him to, to that. play. That, that 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 was that was really weird. But he ended up coming back and 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 he helped the Saints beat the Falcons. But he probably shouldn't have been back because no. he was hurt. But it, but because guys were hurt, Ivory, you know, this guy that you know, similar similar to Kyrie Robinson, a few years later, he just yeah. gets a tryout and he ends up making the team. And they're just like, look, just. <laughs> he might not get that. He's not. Get, they knew he's not going to get a second contract from us. But, but dude, if he wants to run like that, hand him so the freaking ball I and just need, let him go. I might need to get a Chris Ivory jersey. Can they have one on the discount rack at the Black and Gold store? Like I love. I oh, love. I love. You, you I, like five, six, I, I I watched a game in Boston um, at this bar across from Fenway Park in 2011. Which this is in 2011 Saints drunk history. I know, <laughs> but there was uh, there was people. It was weird. It was it was oddly enough. It was a Saints bar. That's how I found out about it. So. I rode, uh, my friend didn't have a car, so we rode bikes over there, and, uh, and you know, a bunch of Saints people are walking, and you see the Breeze jerseys, you know, typical shocky jerseys, the usual stuff. I saw this one, you know, this one couple, a boy and a girl, they're wearing ivory jerseys, and I'm just, I walked up to them, and I just said, good call, good, good call. call. They had no idea what I was saying, but, but I, I had to let them know. That's, here's, that's a good call. That's here's a, good a fun, call. interesting thing about Pierre Thomas. The Saints in 2010 were this close to trading him to New England. I forget who they were. They were going to trade him for a, a, a corner that ended up being a bust and like a fourth-round pick. And here's the thing. When I found out about that in 20 – after 2010 and the Saints, you know, 2011, they ended up – they ended up giving Pierre the extension that he refused and then he got hurt and he ended up signing it. When – here's the thing. People were like, should we re-sign Pierre Thomas? Because I'm like, if Bill Belichick wants him – the Saints need to fucking keep him, and you know, that was my that was my whole that was my whole rationale. It made it, I had no facts to back it up at all. It's I was just like, rationale. I was That's just like, it. if it Bill Belichick it. wants him, we need to keep him. Pierre Thomas is one of my favorite Saints of all time, and that 2010 season for him, 
I mean, he was, he was always a classy dude, but he had that injured left ankle. And then all these reports that the Saints were kind of pushing him back. He got a hernia. And you look, you, you've covered Sean Payton. I mean, he is boys with Jay Glazer. Like, if Jay Glazer's yeah. reporting something, it, it sources, it's coming from Sean Payton. Yeah. Like, Sean would never come out and publicly say, you know, Pierre needs to do this or that. And you're right. They, they came so close to trading him just before the, the trade deadline for, I think, a, you know, a late draft pick or, or no, no, according to um, the report, if I remember, the Pats, this typical Belichick, they wanted the Saints to throw in a draft pick. Yeah, and the Saints are like, no, nah, dude, no, nah, dude. And that's nah, what dude. killed it. But, like, you think about how good of a player he was, how just – all. I mean, I, I could I could praise Pierre all day, so I'm not going to bore anybody. But um, Peyton's getting getting Jake Lazier to come out publicly. And and, and and at the time, Thomas is is in a contract year. And this is an yeah. undrafted guy. So he's got – He's got so much on the line, and, and he's and a running back. So this is back his and, only. This is his only payday he's ever going to get. Right. You know? Exactly. And and and, uh, and then and then you got to factor in that they know a lockout's coming. So there's just so much. There's so much. There's so many clouds over the situation. Yeah. And and when Glazer's saying, well, uh, Peyton, you know, through sources I hear is upset about uh, Pierre Thomas not recovering enough or quickly enough, and then somebody leaks a report from Pierre's camp. Well, he's his injury is a little more serious because he rushed back and all this other stuff. And, and, and I just remember being so upset that they weren't backing this guy. And they, the truth be told, they rushed him back from injury. And if he, and if he doesn't come back from injury, they don't win that Monday night game in Atlanta, which we'll get yeah. to later, but may, you know, and, and he had a good season in 2011. So I shouldn't say that, that like ultimately it hurt him in the long run, but that backstory of the drama between he and Peyton, that, Never really reached major headlines, but was always just kind of luring in the shadows. Yeah. I uh, I love Pierre Thomas. Well, and he, and he, he handled it with class. He never he never but attacked. That game, he ended that... up signing a, a really good deal with the Saints yeah. the next season. And, and, you know, he's one of the most beloved players of franchise. Yeah, history. but that Cincinnati game, like it, it was the Dallas game. Oh, they get ahead. Cincinnati pulls ahead. Yeah, but they drive down. The Saints drive down and go ahead 34-30. It was just a just a great drive from Drew Brees. He hits hits Meekum Meacham for 42, who had a big game, a 50-yard touchdown earlier. He hits Mal- He hits uh, Marcus Colson for a three-year touchdown. But there's still like 30 seconds left, and Cincinnati's driving down. And Roman Harper, who is one of my favorite Saints, and I have been blocked by uh, C. and Fahey, who writes a quarterback pamphlet. It's overpriced, by the way. Don't buy it. It's not worth your twenty dollars. He blocked me because he he hates Roman Harper and says he's terrible. And I was like, any dude that plays a decade in the NFL and makes forty million dollars is not terrible. I don't care what the fuck you say, Irish dude. Roman Harper seals the game with a sack. And I did like Roman Harper. Like, yes, he couldn't cover, but goddamn, when he blitzed, it was awesome, Scott. I don't care. He was a Pro Bowler that yeah, year. Yeah, he I was mean, a Pro Bowler that year. Legit. I mean, he was. People get we get like I get it when you're on an island and you're not good in coverage. <clears throat> it's easy for everybody to see, right? It's easy to say you blew it or you couldn't keep up with that. Not to mention, I think covering a wide receiver in the NFL is probably the hardest thing to do in professional sports aside yeah. from trying to like hit a fastball off a major league pitcher. He was so good, you know, five tackles in that game, the big sack. You know, Harper's one of the more underrated players in, in Saints history. I'm with you there. But what, what stood out to me most about this game, uh, what I remember most about it, was that on the game-winning drive, when, when, when Breeze hits Colston and they go up you know, 34-30, they're down three. 
there's less than a minute left. Uh, and, Never a doubt and, in my fucking and, mind. So, so it's fourth down. They're, um, yeah. They don't have any timeouts left. Or Yeah, it's fourth down. They don't have any timeouts left. So Breeze comes to the line. Yeah. And, and, and he starts doing, the, you know, just yelling loud and kind of moving his head just a tad. The thing that he does, and when All Sean Payton blows a timeout, Saints fans just get nuts. fed up, and I get it. I don't remember, I don't remember who it was. But some D line jumped offside because that's Cincinnati what the Bengals do. Jumps offside and it works. And the look on Marvin Lewis's face it's of like, God damn. you gotta be shitting me. Like there's no. But here's way the thing: like in, in, in 2010, like it was the peak of confidence, and that's what made 2010 so awesome. You were like, we're the world champions. Of course, the Saints are winning this fucking game. We're not losing to Cincinnati, and it was it was so awesome because. I remember when I was a kid, like when the Super Bowl champion came to your town, when when this you know whoever the Saint when the Saints if it's Dallas or San Francisco or whoever, when the Super Bowl champion came to your town, like if we could beat the team that won the Super Bowl, it can make our year fifty percent less awful. So everybody wanted to beat the Saints, and the Saints on the road would just rip teams hard. It was awesome. I lo- like the Dallas Cincinnati game is the peak of 2010. And I know they went home and they, they, you know, they, they played Sam Bradford and the Rams and they, 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 you know what, you know, one thing worth mentioning about that game though, which was funny because you just mentioned him, Roman Harper. There's a play in that game where Bradford fumbles the ball at the one yard line. And, and Roman, and, in, in, and he, it, Roman picks it up, and you're like, oh, he's going to score. And he Keep in mind, and he got, Adam Jenkins already had a 96-yard interception return in that game. And so you're thinking, here we go again. It's another pick six all, or, or turnover you know, for, for a touchdown all the way across the field. And Roman Harper and ran out of gas. He, he runs out of gas. Sam yeah. Bradford's like 10 yards behind him, and then he chases him out. And, and it turned out the Saints, I think, were offside, so it didn't matter anyway. Yeah. But after the game, they asked Roman about it. He just smiled, and he's like, no, I, I did that on purpose. I didn't want to run up the score. I was just being sportsmanlike, and people started cracking up. He yeah. got, I mean, his teammates gave him so much shit for that. Yeah. Um, that's a game where, like, the running back started to come back. Reggie Bush was back. He had, you know, nine carries. Pierre Thomas had 12. Chris Ivory still led the team in rushing. He had seven for 47. But, you know, they're 10-3, and three and you're like, this is great. They go to Baltimore. Baltimore was really good that year. Uh, and they lose only it. team Drew Brees has never beaten. Yeah. Ralph in his whole career, the yeah. Baltimore Ravens. They beat they they lose to Baltimore thirty to twenty four at home, and just it was a it was a hard far game. That was the, the the one time Channel Four has rejected one of my columns. I had to rewrite it because I did a column where I made fun of Ray Lewis. I said how much I hated him because he, you know, he was. I mean, come on, let's be real, Ray Lewis. Because he's a thespian. Because he's a he killed a couple guys, you know. Uh, and they, they're like, I won't, I won't go that far. They yeah, let, they're said, like, they're like, yeah, you can't, you can't do that. You gotta, we gotta, we gotta, you gotta rewrite I, it. I, I get why they might have said to rewrite. I, I'm like, I'm like, gotta rewrite it. I'm like, come on, you know he did it. And, and, and the editors at the time were like, we know, but you gotta rewrite it. So, so anyway, so then they're ten and four, but they go to Atlanta on a Monday night, and this is the thing where like Jimmy Graham is this rookie who the Saints picked, who he, he didn't really play football. He played basketball mostly. And this is the thing where, like, people are starting to notice, like, oh, my God, Jimmy Graham. He's, he's going to be really good. He's yeah, going to be yeah. really good. He caught the winning touchdown, and the Saints win 17-14, and they do the cigar thing after the game, and you're like, fuck Atlanta. We 
own your ass. And it was just, it was just, the, the, it was just like the cherry on top of this great season. They, 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 they clinch a playoff berth with the win. They're 11 and four, which, I mean, how many times in Saints history have they been 11 and four? And uh, they were the first team in, in, in the NFC South to ever earn consecutive playoff appearances at that point in time. Yeah. Beating Atlanta never ever gets old and and, and doing it in a dramatic fashion uh, where you go down the field and you score late uh, on a lot. I mean, that dropped 13 plays, 90 yards. It took half, like seven and a half minutes. Plus, plus Pierre felt, you felt like, all right, he's back. And then turns out, you know, he ended up being hurt again, but there was so much to, uh, to love about that game. National TV. I just, Ralph, it doesn't matter. I mean, yes, they blew a twenty-five point lead in the Super Bowl. Any anything bad that happens to Atlanta, Atlanta and especially it when it's at the hands joy. of the Saints, I'll just, I, I mean, and that was it, a point it, where eternal like, joy for like two thousand six to two thousand eleven. Like the Saints just fucking owned Atlanta. You know, they just they just did, and they owned Mike Smith. Whatever he did was the wrong call. So then they go to the season finale, and it was still one of those things. Like if Atlanta loses and we win. We can get home, you know. The Saints can get a bye and all that fun stuff. So, like, Sean but I think Payton, Atlanta was playing Carolina. Yeah, so like Carolina was the worst team in the league. Yeah, so it was like one of the things. So Sean Payton had this hard decision to make. He's like, do I do I play my guys? Do I not? And you'd scoreboard watch. And here's the thing in that game that really sort of fucked the Saints at the time. We didn't realize it is Jimmy Graham got hurt in that game, and uh, that was at the point where where Drew Brees had figured out like. Jimmy Graham can box people out in the end zone, and he's an unstoppable force in the red zone, right? So he gets hurt, and the Saints, they look up at the scoreboard, and they're like, ah, fuck, Jimmy Graham's hurt. It's, you know, it's halftime. It's, uh, you know, it, it's 13 to 10 or whatever. Well, fuck it, we're, we're pulling everybody. Um, and Tampa ends up winning 23 to 13, which uh, they end up going 10 and 6 and not making it, which was really weird for them. Um, so... You know, but the thing is, the Saints they 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 um they lose Jimmy Graham and they go to Seattle and Seattle is seven and nine. They're the first uh, playoff team to ever be seven and nine and have a losing record. Uh, um, Carolina would of course equal it, with being seven eight and one in twenty fourteen. But people were like, the Saints are going to house Seattle, and I remember at the time, Scott, I was like, that's not happening. Like Seattle, nervous. the game was I mean, it's nervous. You yeah. and I was nervous. I, I, I was, was like, I was so nervous. I was like that ten and a half point spread. I'm like, no, 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 not on the road. I'm like, not on the road. And and you worried about it. And the thing with that game is, is it was sort of a theme for the Saints all year. Is they they jump ahead and they let team back in. And that's the thing. Like the Saints came out, they drove down the field, they got up ten nothing. Heath Evans, you're like. It's ten nothing. Um, it's it's cool, and I think even um, I want to say I'm gonna go the play by play. I want to say Jabari Greer and have an interception in that game. And Jabari Greer played that whole year where like he couldn't lift his right arm above his head because his shoulder was so wrecked. You know, the the Saints were so beat up going into that game too. Like you know yeah. who the leading rusher was in that game for it was the Saints, Julius Jones, right? 
Julius freaking Jones he smoked, was the leading he, rusher. He smoked Reggie cigarettes. Bush gets hurt. It, it, yeah, Heath Evans is playing like running back yeah, snaps in Julius that game. Jones and got Bush, hurt too. Bush dropped a touchdown early in that game too, and they had yeah. to settle for a field goal. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's like, last game of the like, thing. Like, uh, you know, they had problems at the goal line because, like you said, Reggie Bush dropped a touchdown. But if they'd have had Jer- if they'd have had Jimmy Graham, they would have been even to run the little Jimmy Graham to the pylon. It's a touchdown. And they win that game because Drew Brees was quietly fucking phenomenal in this game. Like, you know, um, over 400 yards. He yeah, had to no throw one, it, what, no one, dimes. no interceptions. Uh, you know, um, it was just, you know, and um, he was th- 39 of 6,404 and two. Um, and it was weird because the Saints defense had been good all year, really good and solid all year, and they just could have. Sort of collapsed against a bad Seattle team, um, you know. And we can get into Beastquake, um, the Saints. You know, here's the thing: what you know, everybody says about Beastquake. Greg Williams preached first guy in, second guy strip, and populate the football. That's pop- what he would say. And here's the thing: it worked like a charm in 2009. So if you want to knock them, so yeah, I mean. Scott, you can't, like, knock Greg Williams because, like, all those turnovers in 2009 were great and they won the NFC Championship game in part because of it in the Super Bowl. And then they tried to do it again in a playoff game in Seattle and it blew up in their face, you know? so It's, it's a terrible visual that, that's shown forever till the end of yeah. time. Like, you're going to see Marshawn Lynch's 67-yard run and all these tackles. Broken. I feel like it balances but, off with and- Seattle with the Super Bowl interception. Sure. Uh, yeah, there you go. Look, I'll take it. You know, for 09, sure, I'll trade anything for that. But the situation, you're right. They're down by four. Uh, Seattle's starting to run out the clock. I mean, I think there's less than three and a half minutes left. You need to get the ball back. And, I mean, it's worked before. Hell, it worked in Dallas, you know, in the strip. Granted, you know, Malcolm Jacobs was the first one to track down Roy Williams. Yep. But, like, it was it was let's try to get the ball loose and Marshawn Lynch is at Roy Williams. I mean, no, it's not beast mode. I mean, it, it didn't it didn't work. And in the Saints, still, if you're thinking, hey, if an onside kick possible, I mean, they they go right down the field and score. It's forty one thirty six. They uh, they couldn't get the two point conversion, but once onside kick failed, uh, oh, you yeah. know, beast mode's play became uh, became famous, and the Saints were that team that lost to a seven and nine team, and it was a. It was a, it was a lousy end of the season. It wasn't. Yeah. It was lousy. It wasn't devastating like the next year. The end of the next year was devastating. It was just a lousy way to end. You know, statistically, record-wise, one of the best seasons in franchise history. Yeah, and I, I, t- my, I remember like when they lost. My wife was like, "Are you, you know?" Because my wife knows. <laughs> I, I take the, I take the Saints as hard as she takes the Astros, and she goes, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, they won the Super Bowl last year, and they lost." The- they lost a playoff game on a great run. Whatever. I'm like, put in the put yeah, in the, the put in the Ameri- a- put in the America's game DVD. I'm gonna drink. It's fine. <laughs> you know. I mean, like Brad I, Pitt narrating. Uh, yeah, narrating I'm like I just like it was bad, but I like like I love 2010. Like I don't like the 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 the, the beast quake. I'm like whatever, man. The 2010. Like we just went through it. It was phenomenal. Yet I think the worst thing. I think this is the worst thing about about the the, the, the Marshawn run. It's not that you have to see it all the time. It's that by seeing it all the time, you forget how great that season yeah. was for a lot of reasons. You forget about the win 
uh, at San Francisco, the win at Dallas, the win at Cincinnati, the win at Atlanta. You're right. Road wins that year were some of the most fun road victories in franchise history. And you th- that's why like I said before, like when you're the Super Bowl champion and you beat a team on the road and you rip their heart out, it, it's incredibly depressing because we know that as a Saints fan because San Francisco and Dallas and all the NFC teams did it to us repeatedly. And it's just it was just great. This, I think the NFL should market a wrestling belt, Scott, when a team wins the Super Bowl. And you should be able to buy the belt that says, like, New Orleans Saints World Champion 2009. And you can put it on your mantle. And for the, the year after, you should be able to, like, I would if they would have had that, I would have wore the belt while I watched the games. I'm well, not gonna... hey, look, the NFL is all about making money. Do you know would... how much money they would make off replica belts? Are you I would. Me? The, 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 the players are doing it. The players love the players. The Astros it. do it this year yeah, for them. They give do it. The, the Astros give the MVP of the game their belt, and the, like the the player gives the interview, he'll have the belt strapped over his shoulder, like Correa won the belt today because he hit two home runs. How many? Yeah, how many fantasy football leagues you have, have a belt? belt as the NFL should do it. I would. I would, if 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 the Saints would have had a World Championship belt instead of instead of spending four hundred dollars on Super Bowl. Memorabilia, I'd have spent like five hundred. I have a Super Bowl snuggie, a blanket, mugs, tumblers, a gnome. Like I went my wife was like, You are a fucking crazy person. I think I would buy a belt that just said on it the Falcons blew at twenty five hundred. They had a guy for bar those around. They had a guy for Barstool Sports. He had a he had a um he had a uh, he had as a T-shirt, and it says twenty-eight to three, and it has the time left in th- the third quarter. It was phenomenal. So I mean, to put a bow on two thousand ten, I say, look, two thousand ten is top five history of the Saints seasons for me. I would rank two thousand nine number one, um, two thousand six maybe eighty-seven, you know, uh, and I would say two thousand ten is right up there, like fourth, you know. Because, in 2000, 2010, it, it, look, the Saints have they've, they've had 50 seasons, been in the playoffs only 10 times, and that was one of them. And it's the only one, and will only be the only one, where for the first time in your life as a Saints fan, you know what it feels like to be a champion. You know what it feels like for your team to go into another team's arena, or if you went and traveled with them on the road, for people to look at the fans as, wait, we're not a joke, like we're, we're the Super no. Bowl champs. For and and the 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 four road victories which we really highlighted, it's a shame they've been forgotten because of how the season ended. Because they're they are some of the most enjoyable moments oh, that I've had as a Saints fan. I mean, it, it, every the the win at San Fran, the win in Atlanta, and the, and the Dallas followed by Cincinnati. The oh, way those God, two games tremendous. ended, tremendous, tremendous. Look, people should look back at 2010 and smile. And and 2011 is. Is different, you know, and I, again, I know it's not 2011 Saints drunk history because no. if we do that one, I will get drunk because you had to. <laughs> I'm so Because you right were now. just going, you know, it was sorrow. But 2010, man, that was, uh, most teams have that, quote, medicine season. And I think people often look at medicine seasons as, well, it just means you won't win again. No, sometimes a medicine season means you know, guys get full of themselves, the locker room changes, and, and it's just not a good year No, the Saints were it like... It was a, a good year. It, it was a fun year. It was the Saints were an 8-8, eight 9-7 and eight, nine and seven team that went 11-5 and five on, we're the fucking champion, 
grit or whatever you want to call it. Strut. It was just, it was so fun because all the baggage, you know, it's kind of returned now because the Saints have had three straight seven and nines and you don't feel as confident at the end of games. I tell you, man, 2010, when Drew Brees had the ball at the end of the game and the Saints were down, I'm like, they're winning the fucking game. They're winning this game. And it was never that. My, my wife is like, you are, biz- why are you so confident? I'm like, why am I so confident? Look at the fucking gnome that says world champion. You know, I mean, it was, it was, it was great. And I loved it. Um, so Scott, again, tell the people how to, how to, they can reach you. I mean, a lot of people, granted they're, they're all over. Surprisingly, we have people all over the world that listen to probably tell them they can, they can find you on the internet and they can get, which is a spot. I don't, I'll admit, I don't listen every day, but I listen a lot when I have the time at, at work, but tell them how they can find your phenomenal show and listen to it online and, and all that stuff. Absolutely, man. I uh, so at Scott underscore fourteen twenty is uh, <clears throat> excuse me. That's the Twitter handle, and the show is uh, it's on ESPN fourteen twenty. It's in Lafayette. I, I'm from here. I moved back here from New Orleans uh, years back, and just kind of started part time. But uh, I um, uh, it's a, it's a look. Saints are the number. They're the number one uh, topic on our station most days. I get talk Saints all day, every day. We have a lot of fun with it. Uh, I'm on from four to six every day. There's a uh, listen live link at ESPN1420.com, and then there's a free app called Radio Pup, and you can just download it on your, uh, you know, your Android or your iPhone or your tablet or your whatever it is. Uh, and yeah, you can you can find us on there, 1420, and uh, and listen from the comfort of your uh, your earplugs wherever you are in the world. I'm not going to lie. I listen to Bo- Bomani Jones from 4 to 5 and I listen to you almost every day on my drive home through the app on my phone and listen, it's it's good sport. It's good sports talk. You want your Saints go there. So people Scott, thanks for joining us on Drunk History. It's been a pleasure. We we talked about doing it. We finally did it. Uh 2010 it was I don't give a fuck what people say. It was magical. And thanks for thanks for joining. Thanks <laughs> well, for hey, before before we go, look, it was my pleasure, Ralph. I love doing this. And before we go, are you drunk? I am so drunk. I before the show, since I had confidence in the audio that it would work because we did we did a couple episodes before and we had some audio struggles. I was confident that it was work, so I got the a lot. I I I did two uh, Abita strawberry beers, and I did two shots of Elijah Craig bourbon, and I drank two bourbons while we were doing this show. I'm completely hammered because the thing is in my old age i cannot mix liquors i may have to throw up after this podcast like i can drink a lot of one like if i just drink elijah craig all day long i could drink people under the table that say they're drunks and all that and i, I drink them on the table. but if you just throw in if you just mix in like one beer or like something else i'm totally off the i'm totally off the rails now because I can't, I can't, Scott. I can't mix. I gotta like pick a drink and go with it. And I thought that I was just gonna drink beer this whole time, but then I was like, ah, I drank two beers. I'm feeling really good. I'll just mix in a shot. It's bad. It's gonna be. It's, like, you sound like you sound like Sean Payton. If he would just stick with what's working, when a player gets hot, <laughs> give the hot hand, give him the rock. But he's got to mix it up. He's got to use his toys. And then it gets them in trouble, and we end up throwing up when they blow a game. I mean, very similar. It's it's very similar. And I'm going to, tomorrow at work, I'm going to get nothing done. I'm just going to be coffee and hungover. (laughs) It's going to be terrible. I apologize to my employee. But, Scott, thanks for joining us, Guy. Uh, And thanks for everybody for donating. I hope this is worth your time. It was fun. 
thanks to all of our Saints Happy Hour listeners whose donations made Drunk Saints history possible. Until next time, remember, surviving Saints history is hard. That's why God made alcohol.